0: Gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine, and at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and all of his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Of Jesus amen my friends in John's gospel Jesus he changes water to wine he heals an official son heals a paralytic gives sight to a blind man feeds 5,000 people and raises Lazarus from the dead now regardless of who you are these miracles are enough to turn anybody's head Now, what we must keep in mind this morning about these miracles is that they are what the Apostle John calls signs. Yes, signs. As signs, these miracles were like a catapult that grabbed a hold of the people's attention only to launch them to the person and the work and the words of Jesus. Like a short preview for a movie that makes you want to go to the theater and watch the whole movie, these miracles, yes, they work to make people go to Jesus for the whole package. Indeed, these miracles were signs because they revealed a little bit about Jesus and refocused the people's attention on the one performing the miracles. As signs, these miracles were intended to make people say things such as this, Who is that person who changed that water into fine wine? What kind of person can heal the sick? How can a person walk on water? If he can raise a person from the dead, you know what? Maybe, maybe we should listen to him. But as you and I already know, this is not how it typically works with mankind You see, instead of the miracles serving as signs that pointed beyond themselves to Jesus and his identity as the Messiah, well, many people in that first century saw the miracles only as sensational wonders. They became entertained with miracles, and they wanted, yes, more miracles. To the point, as they say in that old game of Monopoly... The people did not pass go. They did not collect $200. They got hung up on the miracle itself and failed to see the one doing the miracle. They clung only to the miracles. They were short sighted. They were foolish. They were imperceptive. They did not look beyond the miracle to Christ. Now, dear friends, considering all of this, are we any different today? Truth be told, we are no different than the people of the first century. We are exactly like them. All of us have this peculiar characteristic that we are easily entertained by breathtaking spectacles. We all like a good show, indeed. We want to be wowed and we want to be amazed. Magic shows and circuses and special effects as well as impressive theatrics Well, they have a way of grabbing our attention, refocusing us on those things. Now, here's the catch. Because mankind loves dramatic performances, there's a profound, yes, a profound temptation for pastors and churches to create amazing spiritual events and performances for the purpose of gathering crowds. To make things worse, instead of admitting that these spiritual events and performances are playing with people's emotions, well, these events and performances are labeled, get this, as signs. Signs of God's presence, signs of God's approval, sign that the Lord is working in a particular church. Now, one does not have to look too far to see this at work. Simply just turn on your TV at night and you will find Yahoo preachers who do this so-called healing ministries. You know what I'm talking about. These are the fools on late night religious channels that have people coming on the stage to be healed and do a dancing jig and after a so-called healing, everyone cheers for they have witnessed a so-called sign. And because this so-called sign of healing is amazing and astounding, it must mean that God approves of their ministry and that you should send them money. But most people recognize these churches and pastors for what they are hoaxes and religious peddlers who fabricate signs and wonders for a cheap buck. The temptation, though, still remains. You see, there is still that temptation to perform signs and wonders to gather a crowd, and that temptation is very real and it is very subtle. For example, I just recently noticed a person on social media asking for recommendations on a church to attend in his area. Immediately, people began to respond to his request of what church he should attend. The responses went something like this. Go to Faith Evangelical, for their music is the best. It makes you feel God's presence. And this one, go to Pastor Anderson's church. He is such a great preacher. You feel God speaking to you when Pastor Anderson really gets into the sermon. Oh, and and Church of Grace, they are the best. They have a huge youth program, lots of kids. So much excitement among their youth. They are really on fire, for the Holy Spirit is at work. Or this one, that new church on 31st Avenue is packed every week. You can't find an open spot. God is definitely moving in that place. Well, because I couldn't resist, I finally responded to chime in to recommend a church. And I said, check out Bethel Lutheran. They are a small church with a bunch of sinners who have made a mess of their lives. But they still gather together to hear from Jesus' word how we are all forgiven for Christ's sake. You see, we Christians try to create signs. It's so easy to do, to create signs, to grab the attention of people. Often in the interest of trying to to grow the church, we create so-called signs that demonstrate to the whole world that the Christian faith is relevant and that people should join our church. But there are two problems with this kind of thinking. First, when we create signs and wonders to grab the attention of people, more often than not, these signs we create are meant to bolster not the greatness of Christ and his word, but they are meant to bolster the greatness of the institution of the church itself. You see, when we hold up big attendance and powerful music, dynamic speaking, great chanting, beautiful architecture, and the enthusiasm of parishioners as signs why people should join a particular church, we're not pointing to Jesus. But we're pointing to the institution of the church itself. We are pointing to mankind. Secondly, this kind of mindset creates a kind of faith In signs and wonders, and not faith in the Word of God. When we Christians conjure up man made signs to to woo people into the doors of the church, instead of pointing to Christ, we're not sowing, we're not casting faith in God's Word, but we're sowing faith in man made signs. To be blunt, we are actually feeding the entertainment appetite of the old Adam. We're doing the same thing that the people that first century did with Jesus. They were, they were grabbing a hold of the miracles and failing to see the one performing the miracle itself. Dear friends, we must keep in mind that the old Adam in all of us, this sinful nature that we all possess, this old Adam, it just loves to be entertained by having a circus and magic and special effects and great theatrics in the church. The old Adam has no problem holding to a sign as long as the sign does not point to Jesus. Even the devil gets excited to send people to a church full of exciting signs as long as the church avoids Jesus and his word. You see, dear friends, what we are learning is this that just as Jesus brought the royal official in that gospel reading, from faith in signs to faith in him and his word, well, the same has to be done for you and me today. Even though Jesus did miracles, the main purpose of the miracles was to focus the people's attention upon him and his word. The signs and and the miracles, they showed the truth of Jesus. Faith must always rest not on the signs, but upon what the signs point to. Jesus and his word. So what does this mean? It means that we must confess our sins of clinging to man-made signs and wonders rather than God's word. It means that, that we must confess our sin of wanting to create amazing spiritual events and performances to gather a crowd rather than longing for God's holy and precious word. God, forgive you. God, especially forgive me. What is quite amazing, though, in spite of our sin, get this, the Lord God, yes, the Lord God has already given you and me signs. These are signs from him given to us. And the signs that the Lord gives you and me are so much better than whatever we could concoct or conceive of or create ourselves. You see, get this, brace yourself, you are given the ultimate sign of an empty tomb. (laughs) Of an empty tomb. Think about this, friends. Think about this for a moment. You have been given... An empty tomb as a sign which points to the reality that Jesus defeated your sin, that Jesus defeated your death, and Jesus defeated the devil himself. And he has risen victorious this day for you and for me. Seated at the right hand of the Father. That's what the empty tomb points to you as a sign. That Christ is victorious. And there is more. You are given the sign of baptism. But unlike the signs we have been talking about so far, the sign of baptism does not merely point you to Jesus and his cross, but actually gives you Jesus and the accomplishments of his cross by uniting you to his death and his resurrection. Indeed, baptism is a sign, but it is a sign that gives you Jesus. And with this Lord's Supper, with the Lord's Supper, Unlike a sign that only points you to Jesus, the Lord's Supper actually delivers and gives to you the body and blood of Christ upon your mouth and into your bellies for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And so, you not only have all the signs that are recorded in the Bible that point you to Jesus, you actually have Jesus right here and right now in these signs that give you himself. The word and sacraments. You have the Lord's signs there for you. The tomb is empty, dear friends, baptized saints. The tomb is empty. You are snatched from darkness to life in the waters of baptism. You are absolved of all of your sins in the word of God. You are forgiven in the Lord's supper. You see, you don't need a circus. You don't need magic tricks and special effects and great theatrics in Christ's church. For you have something much more. You have Christ himself. The Lord has given you signs that not only point you to Jesus, but give you himself completely this day. And with Jesus, my friends, he is enough. Indeed, he is enough for you and for this church. And so we rest. We have confidence and boldness in Christ who is ours. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org, or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The, the Lord, Lord bless and keep you. And keep you.